Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk. Now, for decades, trade between the Republic and Northern Ireland was modest, to put it mildly. Both jurisdictions tended to ship eastwards to Britain rather than head north or south. But then the UK decided to quit the single market and left Northern Ireland in it with unfettered access to the EU. It's led to a surge in trade north and south of the border, reaching an all-time high of €12 billion last year. But this might only be the start, as Northern Ireland takes increasing advantage of the fact that uh, it is in both large open markets. This will be discussed at a big conference today in Dublin, run by Intertrade Ireland. And I wonder, do we have a Colin McCabry uh, from Intertrade Ireland on the line with us? Good morning, Joe. Colin, how are you? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks for having us on the show. Um, now, uh, how are things changed on the ground since the UK quit the single market? Yeah, things are really, really positive. Do you know, um, trade has really boomed over the past number of years on a cross-border basis. So in 2020, trade in the cross-border market was 7.7 billion euros. And by 2022, that has increased to 12 billion. So that's a significant uplift in trade between both jurisdictions. It's it's amazing how the changed circumstances have benefited the cross-border trade. Now, the Windsor framework, which is agreed at the start of this year, is not yet fully in force. Will things improve even further when that does come into force? At this stage, Joe, it's really hard to say um, how that's going to impact. And we'll need to wait another 12 to 24 months until we get the data to really understand that. But I think the important thing is that trade has been increasing since long before Brexit and the Windsor framework. You know, if you go right back to the Good Friday Agreement, we've had a really important year this year in marking the 25-year anniversary of the Good Friday Agreement. And that really wasn't just a turning point in history. It was a turning point for both economies. So since then, both economies have got more integration. We have infrastructure. The funding environment is very positive. There's been more investments and there's been increased cooperation through bodies like Intertrade Ireland's activities in, in the market. So it's a whole range of reasons. Um, and then we were forced into readjusting supply chains as a consequence of the war in Ukraine and the COVID pandemic, where businesses were more pressurised in terms of how they got their goods to market and meeting their times, their time scales and their contractual commitments. So all of those things have really worked towards cross-border trade and development. But as Intertrade Ireland, we would say there's still not enough businesses exporting. And Northern Ireland, for your audience, is a key export market that they should really tap into. Absolutely. And what type of trade goes on now uh, between the the two jurisdictions? Well, most of the bigger contributors to cross-border trade are bigger industries like pharma, food and beverage, meat and eggs and medical. Um, So there's, there's key sectors there that contribute a lot to that uplift. And there are growth trends in other sectors such as manufacturing, but the growth ingredient in the graph is much less than what we'd like to see it. You know, there's no real reasons as to why um, manufacturing shouldn't be excelling to the same levels of those bigger industries. I think, you know, anecdotally, the reason for that is they're smaller businesses making up those sectors and the smaller businesses are less equipped to export. Sometimes that's a false perception, especially in Northern Ireland. Unfortunately, the political connotation of the history of the Troubles still does have a bearing on those investment and trade decisions. Right. So we're here to give businesses the right knowledge, the financial resource and help and staff to to help them and access the Northern Ireland market. 
I was up in Northern Ireland myself uh, about two weeks ago and it's certainly far more affordable than the South. I'm just wondering whether there are many companies from Ireland setting up a base or an affiliate or something in Northern Ireland to take advantage of the different cost bases. Yeah, since um, the past number of years, you know, the, the Windsor Free and Mark in Brexit has really been an accelerant because what Northern Ireland now has is dual market access. You know, you have the benefit of GB trade agreements throughout the world, one of the strongest economies in the world, and you also have access to the European market. So naturally, you have businesses that want to manufacture um, in Northern Ireland to access those trade agreements. So we have noticed a number of investments in Northern Ireland of that nature, some of which are businesses in Ireland extending their manufacturing into Northern Ireland to benefit from those opportunities. And that's not necessarily, it doesn't distort competition on the island because a really prosperous Northern Ireland will lift the productivity to, to both economies, especially around the, the border county area. So it's a really good economic landscape that we have on the island across both jurisdictions to really boost trade. I know it, it absolutely looks very attractive on paper, but as you've already alluded to, the political vacuum up the north, the fact that there is no assembly sitting, which means it's unclear when big decisions need to be taken, how they're taken and who will take them. Yeah, well, I guess the Windsor framework has brought that clarity, you know, in terms of how things are going to play out and how it does impact businesses. No, of but, course, but there's but still you, areas you of need, uncertainty. You do need the assembly up and running. And for big investors, they, they kind of need, who do you call when you want to call Northern Ireland? That's an issue, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But we've got a very strong head of the civil service in Northern Ireland and the departments all work very collectively but through the permanent secretary. So in terms of stability, work and business still gets done in the day job. And we have got direct access into the House of Lords has listened to the Parliamentary Committee where you had representation there from Northern Ireland Chamber of Commerce, the farmers' unions and the logistics industry. So there is a voice getting direct into the heart of government. But of course, everybody would love to see the executive up and running. It gives out a positive message around economic stability. But at the minute, things are still working really positively. And that doesn't seem to be impacting investment and trades, believe it or so not. So you know, we had a big business, investment conference. So business proceeds irrespective of what's happening political. So, and, and that's a good thing because behind the scenes, then it becomes, uh, the politics becomes less relevant when it comes to uh, the economics. Well, the business voice in Northern Ireland and Ireland is really strong, you know, so businesses are really committed to, to making things work and find the path of least resistance through the Windsor framework and Brexit and all of the trade and cooperation agreements. They're entrepreneurs at the end of the day and they're progressing with the, with that um, that intent. It doesn't necessarily um, restrict them not having an executive. We've got that voice, as I say, in, into the UK government, but it would be great to have the executive up and running again. And businesses are telling us that they are in growth mode um, or stable. So, you know, business attitudes are very, very positive at the minute around all of the, all right. all of the economic uncertainty. Well, best of luck with the conference. Unlocking new cross-border trade opportunities. And uh, that is Colin McCabry, the Director of Trade with Intertrade Ireland. Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on Newstalk.